Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in the world today, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Here we are one more time gathered in a series, Apples of Gold, reading through the Proverbs. This is indeed, wow, what a show. And every day we are privileged to see the glory of God as it is displayed in the heavens above. God is always performing. His great and mighty majesty is there to be seen. He is definitely a star of the ages. <laughs> I don't mean star like the twinkles in the sky. I mean the star, the main character, the one that we all are watching to see the outcomes of everything that he is doing and has done and has spoken. Wow, what a show. And when we gather to read the Proverbs or any part of his, his word, we are astounded again. We are amazed by how wonderful he is and by the majesty and the power of his word. It is living because it lives in us. We are in chapter 21 of the book of Proverbs. We had a wonderful reading this morning and a wonderful expose of some of these verses. Not all of them, but the ones that we uh, heard from as delivered by Anna, uh, who was our reader this morning, were just uh, brought us to worship, as a matter of fact. They were very, very eye-opening, very, very kind and beautifully done. And so I'm going to read again, but uh, we're not going to do probably as much as she did this morning uh, because, you know, she's just good. We'll see what the Lord will do here. But uh, I was so blessed by this morning's expose that, um, you know, I, I don't think I can top it, but the Holy Spirit can do what he can do and he alone. So we give this time to the Lord and we ask him to really and truly uh, take us uh, through this chapter and it open up any verse that he wants to thank him for what he he is doing and what he's giving to us may he be praised forever and ever so we're going to jump right on in and not be here very long it's thursday we're coming down to the end of a week and if you've been working and are busy you know the week can uh, really kind of tire you out so towards the weekend we're looking for rest and relaxation but you still have a day to get up you know and so you don't want to be on for a very long time so here we go we're reading from chapter 21 of the book of proverbs and i am reading from the holman study bible verse one a king's heart is a water channel in the lord's hand he directs it wherever he chooses amen Verse 2, all the ways of a man seem right to him, but the Lord evaluates the motives. Verse 3, doing what is righteous and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Verse 4, the lamp that guides the wicked, haughty eyes and an arrogant heart is sin. Verse 5, the plans of the diligent certainly lead to profit, but anyone who is reckless only becomes poor. 
Verse 6, making a fortune through a lying tongue is a vanishing mist, a pursuit of death. Verse 7, the violence of the wicked sweeps them away because they refuse to act justly. Verse 8, a guilty man's conduct is crooked, but the behavior of the innocent is upright. Verse 9, better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a nagging wife. Verse 10, a wicked person desires evil. He has no consideration for his neighbors. Verse 11, when a mocker is punished, the inexperienced become wiser. When one teaches a wise man, he acquires knowledge. Verse 12, the righteous one considers the house of the wicked. He brings the wicked to ruin. Verse 13, the one who shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will himself also call out and not be answered. Verse 14, a secret gift soothes anger and a covered bribe, fierce rage and a covert bribe, fierce rage. Verse 15, justice executed is a joy to the righteous, but a terror to those who practice iniquity. Verse 16, the man who strays from the way of wisdom will come to rest in the assembly of the departed spirits. Verse 17, the one who loves pleasure will become a poor man. Whoever loves wine and oil will not get rich. Verse 18, the wicked are a ransom for the righteous and the treacherous for the upright. Verse 19, better to live in a wilderness than with a nagging and hot-tempered wife. Verse 20, Precious treasure and oil are in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man consumes them. The, uh, verse 21, the one who pursues righteousness and faithful love will find life, righteousness, and honor. Verse 22, the wise conquer a city of warriors and bring down its mighty fortress. Verse 23, the one who guards his mouth and tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Verse 24, the proud and arrogant person named Mocker acts with excessive pride. Verse 25, a slacker's craving would kill him because his hands refuse to work. Verse 26, he is filled with craving all day long, but the righteous give and don't hold back. Verse 27, the sacrifice of a wicked person is detestable. How much more so when he brings it with uttermost motives? Verse 28, a lying witness will perish, but the one who listens will speak successfully. Verse 29, a wicked man puts on a bold face, but the upright man considers his way. 
no wisdom, verse 30 uh, says, no wisdom, no understanding, and no counsel will prevail against the Lord. And verse 31, a horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. There are some new points to be seen and heard in this chapter. But because we had such a wonderful uh, opening up of what was spoken this morning, I would have preferred to replay it. But that not being possible, I shall not spend a great deal of time uh, going over these, but rather will upload when the time comes this morning's expose. I think I just really want to call attention to verse two and then the, the last uh, two verses and maybe uh, 25 and 26 perhaps. But verse two says, all the ways of a man seem right to him, but the Lord evaluates the motives. That is how it is in life. God is reading the heart of man at all times, we can never really escape what God sees of us. And so when it seems that people are prospering, right, because uh, we, we see their, their unjust deeds, but it seems also that they're prospering. The bottom line is, though, there is a forbearance in the Lord, and he, he will uh, uh, guide people away. He will speak. He will show himself just like every day we see him in the uh, creation. We see him in the face of other people. We know that God has done a magnificent thing. And so a man may think that his ways are being, uh, uh, you know, not, not found out, but God does see. And ultimately, every wrong motive has a recompense of reward, as does every... <clears throat> right motive. So all the ways of a man may seem right to him, but God evaluating his motives will determine what is right in him. And whatever is not right in him, the Lord God will indeed pay. He will. I <clears throat> I want to go on now to uh, verse 3, doing what is righteous and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Oh, I feel inadequate tonight really to talk about these because of uh, all that um, we learned this morning and how blessed we were. But the, the, um, the to, to sacrifice is uh, necessary for some, some right actions. Jesus Christ was the sacrificial lamb. He was a sacrifice for man. He stood in our stead. But what could not have happened if Jesus Christ had not been obedient is there would have been no sacrifice. And so the first thing that we must learn to do is um, obey the Lord. And so we do what is righteous. That's obedience, hearing God's wisdom as we're doing now and allowing him through prayer, through fasting if necessary, through supplication continually, asking him to plant it deep within us 
so that we are transformed and walking in the way of righteousness. That is really the first step. And after that happens, the sacrifice will come. So it is also written in the book of Samuel that it is um, better to uh, obey, or well, obedience is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of lambs. Well, that language is picked up in, in the language of the, <clears throat> the, the law and the times in which it was written. And what Jesus Christ is saying there, and I think he spoke this about uh, King Saul, who was, you know, um, busy, busy trying to be, <clears throat> um, you know, ahead of David. And he, ha he had a proud and, and jealous heart. And so trying to work his way into a, <clears throat> a right standing, he disobeyed, right? And he gave the sacrifice that he wasn't supposed to give. And the penalty for it is that he, he lost the kingship. It took him some time to be dethroned, but the Lord anointed David soon thereafter because the Lord took that kingdom from Saul. He took it from him. So to obey is better than sacrifice. Let us learn obedience. Let's ask the Lord to guide us in that way. So um, I want to just skip down to um, verse 20, uh, 20, what, what is it? Eight, nine, verse nine. I'm sorry, I'm going too far. Better to live on the corner of a roof than to, <laughs> to share a house with a nagging wife. You know, I like this one because I'm a wife and I, I've, uh, you know, I've had a, a few uh, accusations uh, in this direction. And most wives probably with their husbands have, have been made to believe that they are nags. But the bottom line is, if you are, try to change your ways because no one wants to be continually reminded, even if it's true, of their shortcomings. No one wants to be continually reminded of things that they have not done or ought to do. And it takes a minute. But uh, we, we do come to it, right? And you learn to live with the, the partner of your choice. Really, we choose these people in the Western world. And so we, we pledge a, a covenant before the Lord. And therefore, we should get busy <clears throat> trying to make that as, as wonderful a partnership and a love relationship as we can. And the other part of it is, when you are kind and speak kind words, as we have learned from reading the Proverbs, there is contentment. You bring joy, not only to yourself, but you, you know it turns away the wrath of others, so the Proverbs say. So let us live with that. And then verse 11 says, when a mocker is punished, the inexperienced become wiser. Absolutely, when he teaches a wise man, he... Uh, when one teaches a wise man, he acquires knowledge. Uh, and when, you know, as a, as a teacher, a former teacher anyway, there were children who had been, I guess, taught, or maybe they were just born with the with a, a personality trait to sit there and listen to lectures and study and do the right thing. And those kids are easy. The ones, though, who don't have it like that, they're not quite so easy. 
And it's not because necessarily they're not easy children. They're inquisitive, they're knowledgeable, uh, they, they want to learn. They just don't want to learn in a particular way. So what a teacher must do is um, create opportunity to grab that attention. And then if that little person continues to be a difficult or a marker and, and the teacher has to punish him, then all the other children around begin to say, well, you can't do this, that, or the other. Okay, so this is kind of what that's saying to me. And they get, so they get in line, you know what I mean? And sometimes the teacher has to take a hard line uh, to kind of bring, bring to the uh, vision of all the children that the time for play is not, is not at the time of, of teaching. So we try to, um, we try to uh, first, first, the first thing we want to do is, you know, follow the Proverbs and let a soft word and a, a, a pleasant approach, we attempt to turn away the wrath. But if that person is still not going to be taught, then, um, you know, you have, you have to do what you have to do, especially in the classroom, you know, and that means you got to, you know, chastise in some way. Um, but all the others, <laughs> really and truly, if you, if you teach the, a wise person, if that person knows that there is a recompense, then they will, they will bear the teaching. And when we are in school and we understand what school is for, then we also are wise enough to receive the instruction that comes. So it is in life. When we understand that there is a, a, an outcome to every teaching that we receive, even if the teaching highlights our shortcomings, but there's still, there's an improvement to be, to be gained. So when that happens, that person will acquire knowledge and move on. Okay, so hi there. I hope everything is well with you and the family. Mommy, yes, all is well. I hope everything is well with you, Tony. Are you well today? Praise the Lord. I'm glad to see you. We're going to wind it down because I think this morning's teaching was really great. And it is a Thursday evening when uh, probably very good. Uh, you know, everyone is kind of winding down uh, the week as well. And uh, so we are very sparsely attended and people may come later, but we're going to make this a very quick. I just want to move right on through this and not spend a lot of time. Um, <clears throat> I like uh, verse 13, the one who shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will himself also call out and not be answered. You know, God, I told you, he loves the poor. And when we are walking past people who are poor and we shut our eyes to that, or if they ask for something that we have in our pocket, the Bible says, don't tell them to go and come again tomorrow. If you have it by you right then and there, make sure that you are prepared to give. And when we live in communities now in the Western world, I mean, all the cities, it seems, has a population of people who are poor. We know they're there because they're also homeless. They're also eating in food kitchens. They're also uh, uh, taking the free 
uh, giveaways that some churches do and some other organizations. So we know that there is a need, right? Therefore, you should, I think, be prepared to help if you are asked by the poor, because the Lord then repays. And it is written in the, I think it was in maybe um, chapter 20 or chapter 18, he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. God will pay you back and he will pay you a lot more than you ever gave. I love that one. May the Lord God help us to uh, to really realize that. So I'm going to go to 25 and 26 because they are bound together. A slacker's craving will kill him because his hands refuse to work. He is filled with craving all day long, but the righteous give and don't hold back. And that's the thing. So the the, the slacker, the person who keeps putting off, putting off, and he won't do it. In a former uh, proverb, it is written that a slacker uh, will will you know do nothing, and then when harvest comes, he looks out to see nothing. Well, how can you see something if you never planted anything, right? And that's the same thing it is. And I used to be grow. I am. Oh, I procrastinate. I still have the trait. You know, I'll keep putting things off, putting things off. I guess my my um my catcher is that. It, it, finally, I will do it, but under great duress and stress. <laughs> and I used to pray about it. Why do I have no motivation to do this work, especially when I was in school? Oh, my gosh, I was, I was really bad at that. But, uh, you know, I've prayed about it and I've grown a great deal. And so I kind of work, you know, right along to get things done. But I still have the tendency. And I ask God to deliver me from that continuously. And these proverbs are really speaking to me. With regards to that, it is not good to slack. It is not good to put things off because sometimes you can't get it done at the last minute. I've experienced that. Tony, thank you for liking the show, Tony. I love you for that. And then um, let's see, we're going on over to the last uh, verse 30. I love this. And this morning's uh, rendering of the, this this chapter was so good, really and truly, it was so good. I was just really hoping that uh, 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 I could repeat it, but of course I cannot. Nonetheless, no wisdom, no understanding, and no counsel will prevail against the Lord. It is so true. Even all of our plans, the best we can prepare, or plan things out and, you know, uh, get this or that to make sure it works out as we want them to, it really cannot prevail against the Lord. And there is no earthly wisdom, there is no earthly understanding or counsel which will prevail against the Lord. So I've heard someone talking today and they were talking about cults that we've never, you know, people in cults who made some strides in civil rights and, um, the woman, you know, it's a history major. She has a whole YouTube thing on it. And she was kind of, you know, coming in and out of saying little things about Jesus and Christianity. And and um, in, in a way that maybe, I don't know if she believed or didn't believe. I don't know. But some of the things she would say were not Christian, by the way. And uh, were not, you know, the, the teachings of Jesus Christ altogether. And I thought about this verse. You know, it doesn't matter really what she thinks. It doesn't really matter whether she believes it's real or not. Uh, it doesn't matter 
who does or does not, doesn't matter who says it, how high they are in government or how rich they are, all of that, none of that will prevail against the Lord. He is still God. I was thinking also, God does not put on a show to prove himself. God has done what he has done because he has loved mankind. And those things are constant for the benefit of all of us who inhabit the earth. And he allows the rain to fall on the just and the unjust, so says the word. So his love is for the whole world. And therefore, who can know God? When Job asked him all those questions about his suffering, the Lord just gave him a series of questions to ponder. And those questions were, where were you when I did what I've done? I, I mean, who am, who are you to question me in the uh, context of your present day? By the way, Job believed himself to be very righteous. And by the law, he was. He kept the law. But remember, we just read that a man's ways can be pure in his own eyes, but God sees his motives. God knows his heart. And who are we to say that Job's sufferings did not come because God was proving his motives. He was perfecting his heart. And I want the Lord to know that I am submitted to him no matter what. May God be be praised for his goodness and his mercy, because this is not the end of it all. These few years that we occupy the earth, that is not the final occupation. We are going to occupy <laughs> another space, and it is really called eternity forever and ever. May the Lord our God bless us as we finish up this chapter with a horse is prepared for the day of battle but victory comes from the Lord. Again, there is nothing that we can do to prevail against all those things which may come against us. Nothing at all. But to be in Christ is to be assured that victory shall come. If we are in Christ Jesus, if we are literally, have we've accepted his redemption and we are continual in obeying his ways and his word. God is really good. Tony, you're a faithful servant. I so appreciate it. But we're going to right now wrap it all up. Thank you for sharing this show. But you know, there are just some evenings when the Lord knows, and I, I'm not disappointed at all. God understands and he knows the day and the time. And uh, like I said, every plan Nothing, <laughs> nothing that we do can prevail against God. Our, there's no wisdom or nothing that can prevail against the Lord. So what he means or what he's doing at a particular moment in time, he is indeed doing. And I am very grateful for that. So I hope, Tony, you are well rested. Have you gotten sufficient sleep now and you feel right on top of it again? I do hope you have. And I do hope you feel that much better. You've had a great, big, wonderful, wonderful uh, moment in time when the Lord has used you greatly. 
And I pray for you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you to continue to fill Tony to overflowing with your praise and with the worship of who you are and continually filled him, Lord God, with wisdom and knowledge and understanding, preparing him for that thing which is in his heart to do. I believe you've placed it there. And Father, you know, I believe you know what I know, what I think I know, and that is that the youth of the world, not just the U.S., not just Europe, not just China or Russia, the whole world, Father, is in a crisis where our younger generation is concerned. Many allurements, many temptations, many non-traditional paths are open to them. And Father, many of them are taking them and finding themselves in great peril. I ask you, Father, to give us a word, to give us a way, to speak to their hearts. Anoint Tony and anoint many others that you're calling, Father, to do the work. And it will be effective because you are the almighty God. And when you have a plan or you speak a, a plan, it comes to pass. And for that, we are so grateful, so grateful, so grateful. And we say thank you. I'm glad you're very healthy, mommy. No alcohol, no body and the likes. Excellent, excellent. But are you? did you get enough rest? Because I, I know you, this is kind of late for you. So with that, um, I hope you did. I hope you're well rested. And um, by the grace of God, I hope I'll see you again on the morrow. And at this point, I ask the Lord to give you sweet, restful, restorative sleep and multiply the hours so that you are, are going to awake in, in good, good, um, well rested. Well rested is what I'm saying. And with that, Tony, we're going to get out of here. It's Thursday. It feels like Friday, right? Huh. For some reason, it does feel it's late here, though, but it's okay, Mom. You know, I bless the Lord for you. You're just so, so uh, faithful, and I am so excited to know you. I really am. And by the grace of God, the day will come when we shall meet face to face. I'm sure of it. Right now, we're going to take off, and you can jump in that bed, Tony, or do your homework or whatever it is that happens this hour for you and thank you so much for coming praise god for you have a great one okay see you on the morrow is that good right oh good night good night good night blessing sleep well